The Nightcast. On the edge of real and cyberspace, there's one place you can go. The Nightcast. www.knithtwise.com On the edge of real and cyberspace, there's one place you can go, and you found it. Welcome to the Nightcast, the one and only podcast that tunes tech into your way of life and lets the technology work for you. My name's Nightwise, and for the coming 60 minutes or so, I'll be your host on KC0052 Storytime. For more information and the show notes, please head on over to www.nightwise.com, that's K-N-I-G-H-T-W-I-S-E.com, where you'll find the links to everything we talk about and a place to plop down your feedback. Use the comments section below the podcast to interact with other listeners, or contact us via email, feedback at nightwise.com. If you want to get in touch with us on other ways, you can. We also have a Twitter account, www.twitter.com slash nightwise. And you can ask your cross-platform question by using the hashtag hash Dear Nightwise. Answers to the hashtag Dear Nightwise will be posted on the nightwise.com Facebook page, which can be found over at Facebook. Just look for nightwise.com. Hey guys and girls, welcome to KC0052. A little bit overdue, I know. It's been a very busy, busy week, but I did want to get a podcast out. So today I've got a little bit of a treat for you. I still have a pile of stuff ready and uh, on the back burner for the next KWTV episode where we do a nice video review of a mobile phone. But today I just wanted to give you another audio uh, show. So another Nightcast podcast. We did uh, the first story time a few weeks ago where I actually read you two articles that uh, I had written up and we have gotten a lot of responses to that. People really enjoyed that. So I decided to do another episode this week. So story time again with two stories for you. One is a story about technology and cross-platform sliding and open source. And you know, it's kind of a fun little story that I wrote up. a couple of weeks ago and the other one is uh, kind of something special it is a Star Trek fanfic that I made up myself so it's kind of geeky on one end and very nerdy on the other hand and if you're not really into it you might just want to skip the second part or you know just stay tuned and see if I can surprise you but uh, today is one of those creative days where I you know uh, scratch my creative itches and let you uh, listen to some of the things that I wrote up that's the fun part about the whole nightwise.com experience you never know what you're gonna get and it's something different every week so this week it's story time i'm gonna leave you with the two stories that we're going to talk about enjoy and we'll be right back after them with some feedback and me signing off so sit back relax have a cup of coffee cup of tea cappuccino or a nice glass of wine and enjoy this week's story time Spring is upon us. 
Although it might still be hiding behind the last folds of winter, the first rays of sun are starting to crack open a sky of murky white and grey. I know this because of the reflection of what appears to be a sunny but cold morning is continually throwing itself and its glare against my screen, beckoning me to come outside and play. By the angle of the light, I know that it is a devilish scheme of the Ice Queen of Winter and her rascal friend Budding Spring to make me go outside for a walk, and after noticing that it might look sunny but is still cold, rush back inside to pack up warmer than an Imperial Stormtrooper. Yet today, I am far too enwrapped in my personal quest that lies just beyond my grasp to be lured outside by Mother Nature. Behind my keyboard, I embark on an epic quest to find and retrieve the holy grail of automated computing. I want to synchronize my latest podcast to my phone using an automated script. I might catch some of you frowning in puzzlement, mouthing the words, Nightwise, there are programs for that. Programs like iTunes and stuff. And I must say, you are correct. For years, I've used this uh, loyal application to download the gleaming gold of user-created content to my precious iPod, so why should I seek other ways? For one, it's the fault of the little green goblin. Well, not so much goblin as a droid logo that stands for the technology behind my new smartphone, the HTC Desire. It's freedom-loving, open-source, anyone-can-play, oh-root-me-root-me-root-me calls border on the edge of slutty as the device tries to pry some creative hacking spirit from my mind. The second antagonist, its brown-circled logo watching me like the eye of Mordor, is my Ubuntu server. Tucked away behind our television, a hidden realm of infinite possibilities, endless tweaking and complete customization lures at me. I stand before a vast landscape of ignorance, armed only with curiosity and enthusiasm and wonder if I can bridge the void between the two towers. In the distance, the green android goblin dances around the brown mountain of Ubuntu. Behind me, my iPod snuggles up to my leg as I sit in the shadow of a giant white iMac and the closed-source technology it stands for. The grey wizard Steve tries to comfort me by whispering soothing words into my ear. Why leave my walled garden, he says. You can do anything you want in here as long as you do it my way. His words are tempting, soothing, safe, but they almost take away the pain of having to manually download and synchronize all my podcasts to my iPod before I leave for work. The white straight jacket of the iTunes Asylum almost feels comfortable, almost. But I choose to embark on the unmapped roads of the interwebs to reach my goal. To tweak, to tune, to hack, to script, and to find the dragon of technology and make it serve me and my green goblin. To have the power of the brown tower, well, that sounds wrong, at my very fingertips to become master instead of servant. I push open the white doors of the White Kingdom and behind me somebody slays an open-source unicorn to convince me to stay. But its death cries are lost on the open roads I embark on. My only map in this unknown labyrinth is the Google. This omnipresent oracle can be persuaded in divulging the right answers if only you ask the right questions. When I, however, ask in what direction I must walk, it points me to 20 directions at the same time. 
Which one is the right one? I scream. Each one is the right one, whispers the Google. Thus, I use its direction to reformulate my question over and over, trying to get a clearer answer. But there's just too much information out there. Yet, one of Google's arrows points me towards a gigantic square entitled the Ubuntu Forum. This magic place holds both questions and answers, some of them are 42, yet its inhabitants are invisible. The square is littered with old matrix printer paper. Each chain consisting of a question and subsequently filled with replies, suggestions and other answers concerning that topic. I wade around them for hours but do not find the answer that I really seek. So I pick up a blank piece of paper and write down my own question at the top. I let the paper fall back into the enormous pile and wait as I look around. At the sound of rustling paper, I look back to see that an invisible friend has written an answer to my question on my thread. I reply, put the paper down and wait. The process magically repeats itself. So, who is this stranger? Why does he want to help me? So slowly but surely, the general direction where I want to go starts to become clear. With the help of my unknown library friend, we are able to define my quest clearer and clearer. I start walking through the labyrinth, the forum thread streaming behind me like an endless letter, while other strangers are writing down their answers and directions as we go along. Suddenly, I hear the noises of babbling voices and rattling keyboard around the corner. I find a tavern called the IRC. The place where everybody talks about everything all the time, the Google whispers in my ear when I inquire about the place. The trick is to find the right room. Thus I wander inside this giant establishment and open door after door, peeking inside room after room. Some rooms are empty. Some have patrons that do not speak. Others are bustling with the chatter of voices. I find a chamber that bears the name of the brown tower that I'm heading for and step inside. After politely saying hello and listening to the conversations that go on inside, I ask, may I ask a question? The statement is redundant, bellows somebody inside the room. Asking if you can ask is redundant. I almost turn on my heels and step outside, shocked by his attitude, as he slaps me on the shoulder, hands me a virtual pint and says, Okay, so what was that question? I tell the patrons my epic tale. One of the, of the roads I have traveled, the arrows Google has shown me, and wave around the paper thread I brought from the library forum. This mysterious letter that seems to write itself as by magic several of the patrons in the room break from their conversations and start to help me. They discuss why, what I've achieved so far, and they read through the forum thread that is still being written and throw up suggestions of their own. I marvel at the enthusiasm and friendliness of these strangers who take the time to solve this problem with me. With their answers, I race out the door, heading closer and closer to my destination. My own enthusiasm, combined with the knowledge I have acquired and the collective minds of the people helping me on my quest, seem to make the labyrinth crumble into one straight road, heading straight towards my destination. I'm close, I call out to the people in the tavern and the forum library. 
Yes, I hear them call. I slice down the lost pesky bugs that stand in the way of me and my quest. I run out the last glitches of code in the script, and I see the end of my journey coming ever closer. As all of us fix the last corrupt character in the script, I slide my code into the gates of the open-source kingdom, my green goblin laughing and giggling in expectation. The giant gate clicks, and the open-source kingdom opens up to me. I look behind me, expecting to see the long, deserted stretch of road that led me here on my solemn and lonely quest. But my breath catches in my throat as they're all there. The invisible helpers from the forum library, the patrons from the IRC tavern, the many souls who wrote the arrows Google gave me, a massive army of smiling faces that helped me in achieving my goal. I smirk at the stupid Frodo guy who only had about five helpers, while I have seemed to have a, been accomplished by an entire army of thousands, all of them devoting a little bit of their time, effort, and knowledge to help me achieve my goal. On the horizon I see Steve Jobs the Grey utter a curse as he randomly rejects another developer access to the application store. Because it's Monday and my shoes are blue, he screams at the developer because uh, he was questioning why he didn't get his application in. As my code runs and my little green goblin Android phone receives the podcasting episodes via the script, I look back at the things I've learned, the friends I've made and the goal I've accomplished. In the edge of my vision, I see a lost soul with a map trying to find its way in the land of the open sources. She's a total stranger, yet I walk up to her and, he say, and say, let's see what we can do to help you. My army roars behind me as we embark on yet another campaign.
As most of you know, I'm kind of a Star Trek fan, and many of my English writing skills come from reading English novels and literature. Most of these novels are Star Trek paperbacks, of which I have quite a collection. To get my mind off the constant overload of technology, I decided to plant myself down behind my computer and carefully pack out my first part of a little project that I'm working on. My own little Star Trek fanfic. Don't worry, it's not going to be one of these Picard versus Kirk pieces of crap you'll find all over the net where you can just smell a costume fan sitting behind his computer yelling make it so at his mother. This is my attempt to fondle with a period of Star Trek history that has always interested me. The time just after the undiscovered country where peace between the Klingons and the Federation is only just beginning and where loyalties are still not settled in one side or the other. I'll publish the next part uh, I write as I go along, but I'll give you the first part today. The fanfic's called Fallen Angels. Star Trek Fallen Angels Prologue the stars shone brightly in the darkness of space. Their glittering pinpoints of light a stark contrast to the inky blackness of deep space. No far-stretching horizon, nor the abundance of color of a flowing field of poppies in the summer sun. The simple perfection of silver on black. Ultimate beauty in ultimate simplicity. Odd, she thought that she would notice such detail amidst the havoc that reigned all around her. I I'm losing it. I'm going mad. But then again, was madness in an insane world not considered normality? In her peripheral vision, a red glow pulsated off and on. She knew that the pulsing colors should have been accompani accompanied by the blaring sounds of a red alert. But the only thing she heard was the pounding of her own heart. Vacuum did those kind of things, stealing away the air for the sound waves to ride on, engulfing her in the silence, stealing away her air, stealing away her friends, her hope. All of it lost in a single instant moment of explosive decompression. She stared out at the stars, their lights beckoning her through the gaping hole that had one been, once been the port section of the bridge. Now only a gaping, tattered and jagged black hole, razor-sharp petals of duranium curling outwards and inwards. Was that a piece of uniform caught on there? She didn't want to know. Looking down, she realized she was still clutching the back of the captain's chair its vacant seat pointing towards the gaping hole. And it was just as empty as the space beyond, just as empty as the rest of the bridge. She prayed, she prayed it was just all a bad dream, and if it was not, she wished that it would have happened swiftly for everybody on the bridge, for her captain. A voice crackled in the helmet speakers, 
sounding hesitant, in shock, no doubt, and also filled with fear. Go, Master Lieutenant Young! She recognized the voice as coming from one of the ensigns that had bowled out of the very errand she was sent on. Go to the bridge. Find out why they are not responding. Find out what happened. Those were her orders. Well, now she found out, hadn't she? Young here, she answered. We have multiple casualties down here, Lieutenant. Gomez continued. The chief! The, the chief is dead! What's the status up there? She heard herself reply, her voice vacant of any emotion that could comprehend the horror of the situation. She heard herself speak. The bridge has been exposed to space. Everybody's gone. The captain's gone. What do you mean, gone? Gomez blurted out. Young heard herself continue, words sliding out as if they were spoken by somebody else. As remaining senior officer, I'm assuming command of this ship. The stars shone brightly in the darkness of space, their silver perfection apparent amidst the blackness of eternity. Some might have found it beautiful, but he didn't. He hated them. He loathed them. He feared them. He had felt their icy breath as it had sublimated every single drop of moisture on his skin into ice. He had heard their silent screams eating away the thunder and the fire until only silence remained. He had felt their steel grip as it wrestled the remaining air from his lungs. He had tried to fight, tried to scream, but there was no escape. His limbs had jerked with the spasms of a dying man, clinging to life, clinging to revenge. He had died. Who had he? His eye drifted away from the stars to take in these alien surroundings. Hues of blue and white, devoid of the sense he knew, polluted with the stench of antiseptics. He tried to remember what had happened, where he was, who he was. In the back of his mind, an image floated into reality. A star streaking across the sky, making a wide, elegant arch whose apex brought it closer and closer. The star was not shining at him, it was, it was coming at him. Closer, closer. Screams, alerts. To be or not to be? As the star became a blinding light, his path overwhelmed him like a shockwave. Everything came back at once. His eyes shot wide open. He gasped, gasped for air again, but this time the air came, its sickening stench bursting up his nose into his lungs. Pain, a rattling cough, shuddering like an earthquake through his body that rocked with the deep, gurgling sound. He squinted, saw blood spats taint the white sheet, reached to cover his mouth and found a bandaged stump of an arm rise from beneath the covers. Blinking, he tried to kick free the nightmare, 
but the short stump between the sheets told him that his right leg had been decimated to half its size. He coughed, fought the panic rising in his gut and drowned it out with the white-hot rage that came from his memory. He would have his revenge. He would have his revenge. Or he would have him. With his last breath he bellowed the name of the one he hated, the one who had done this to him, the one whose lifeblood would taint his remaining hand. Kirk. There was a whoosh of the door opening up, a voice, calm and soothing. Try to relax, General. Everything will be okay. The sound of a hypospray as the stars lost their glimmer and darkness claimed him once more. There is only slight hiss of the Starfleet standard bulkhead door hissing closed and then the stars shone no more. time well in the last episode of uh, the night cast we talked about boxy sediment uh, sent in a comment on the blog asking hey man how are you doing today i hope you're doing pretty great so i would like to know if you can make a little uh, can make a little external dvd review on your boxy box i'm interested interested to buy a boxy box but i would like to know if i can plug in an external dvd to one uh, of the boxy's usb ports and play a dvd movie i'd like to know if you can do that for me if you have the tools to do what i need to know to buy my boxy interpunctuation sediment that's really important otherwise i can't read it you have a great website i hope you all the best and keep up the good work well sediment i've tried this on the regular box box that i have so the one that i'm using in, as a pc and on the laptop where i run boxy box and in both cases, when I slide in a DVD, Boxy picks it up and plays it. So I'm not really sure about the Boxy Box itself, but uh, I will be able to tell you that because we will be reviewing a Boxy Box appliance within a few weeks. So we will keep you posted. Good old uh, house photographer Conrad uh, wrote in as well on the comments, said, Hey, Nightwise, great audio quality. Thank you. Thanks for this great episode. I haven't watched regular TV for a few years now. I don't even have a TV at the moment, but I'll be moving to a new home soon and I plan to get a boxy box. Just a question. How do you synchronize your iTunes library to the server? Do you do it manually from time to time or does Boxy read Time Machine backup files? Another question is for podcasts with iTunes. Now, iTunes slash iPod knows when I watch the video cast or listen to a podcast, then automatically deletes the file from my computer slash iPod. I don't want to keep the podcast that I already listened to, but uh, does that work if uh, Boxy 
if I watch a video uh, or podcast with Boxy? Do you know if there's a way to have Boxy inform iTunes on my MacBook Pro that I've already listened or watched an episode? Unfortunately, Conrad, no, that's not the case. I uh, The way I uh, feed Boxy my iTunes directory is just by manually copying it over and it reads through the entire thing. So you could store your uh, iTunes directory on a network drive and let uh, both iTunes and Boxy have access to that drive, but there's no way to communicate uh, about read or listened to episodes or watched episodes uh, between Boxy and iTunes. Uh, Sharky says, great stuff. And he asks, did Boxy ask? Well, Mr. Nightwise, how did you acquire all this media? By the way, you can uncheck the iTunes automatic copy function. Sound quality is great. I noticed you have a Gravatar icon on the website. Pretty nice. Thanks, Sharky. Um, well, Boxy didn't ask me how did you acquire all this media. Let's just say I copied over my DVDs and leave it at that. Then uh, um, um, Conrad has uh, sent us some few links about an iOmega box running Boxy and a built-in TV with Boxy. Uh, yes, yes, uh, ViewSonic is building one. Uh, I haven't uh, checked out the links just yet, Conrad, but as soon as I'll get the Boxy box, I'll get deeper into the content and keep you posted. So thanks everyone once again for your feedback. I've also had a longer email on the feedback at nightwise.com website address, but I'll save that one till next week. Uh, I just want to say thank you for everybody for commenting on KC0051. The um, JB uh, Systems Boom microphone that we used was an experiment. There were some plops and some hissing noises, but uh, in the end it turned out fine. I'm very pleased with it and we'll be doing a little review of the setup that I'm using on one of the upcoming episodes of the Nocilla cast. Yes, I promised those. Boys and girls over there, a premier, uh, the, 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 an exclusive on the, the new podcasting setup that I'm using. So I'll keep you posted about that as well. That's about all we have time for. I have 2% of battery power remaining, so I'll keep this brief. Uh, you know where to go, nightwise at nightwise.com. If you want to help us, uh, do a comment on iTunes, tweet that you're listening to the show on Twitter and uh, post the link. That would be really awesome. And, uh, you know, find some more people to subscribe to the show because it's really a lot of fun to do and it becomes more and more fun when we get more and more listeners. I love the interaction that we get on the uh, website. So uh, I will interact with you very regularly. Use the hash your nightwise tag on Twitter or comment on the website. I check those uh, daily. Uh, also the feedback address, of course, feedback at nightwise.com. And if you're on Facebook, find us, nightwise at uh, nightwise.com. That's all you have to Google for uh, on Facebook. That's not Googling on Facebook. That's searching on Facebook. You know what I mean. Nightwise.com. Uh, just give us a big like over there. We like to have some more uh, followers, fans, listeners, or likers. Uh, well, you know what I mean. Uh, I'm off. 1% battery power remaining. I have to talk really fast. So this was KC0052 Storytime. We'll be back next week. Don't know if it'll be the upcoming Sunday or a few days after that, but you will get your nightwise.com fix. So uh, hang in there. Let technology work for you. Don't let it uh, happen the other way around and uh, tune tag the your way of life. See you guys. See you next week. Thanks for coming to the edge of real and cyberspace. You have been listening to the Nightcast. Send your feedback, questions, promos, or rants to nightwise at nightwise.com. 
or Skype us on Nightwise. For more information, visit the site on www.nightwise.com or look for us in iTunes by searching for the Nightcast. Please remember, there's a real world beyond cyberspace, but it's not all that important. Thank you.